Songezo mapete on the viewpoint. One hour gone, 30, sec- 30 seconds, 30 minutes to go. And from the previous hour, here's a message that we did receive, of course, from Chapter 2. Good evening, Brother Songezo. 16 years ago, I was introduced to a book called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. I purchased a copy and read it thrice to understand it fully. It highlighted segments that were conducive to me. The book taught me how to control my thoughts, and once I mastered that, I found the power that God gave me. I took a step further and discovered methods of thoughts, intensification, and its work like magic. I began writing on my experiences and experiments using methods of thought intensification. I detail all my experiences using methods of thought intensification. I cannot conclude, I cannot conclude as I need to find a way to control this magical phenomena. I can gather a positive thought that's realistic and within reach. I then intensify that thought, drive it through my emotions and realize it. It's magical. I firmly believe that God made each and every one of us powerful. It's up to us to find that power and it lies in how we control our thoughts. And of course, he goes on to say in response to a particular conversation around women and women empowerment and women issues and women leaders and sheroes in particular. Good evening to you for all. Good evening to you and your guests. Chapter 2 goes on to say, other women who have also contributed were Fatima Mir and Frini Ginwala. Thank you very much, Chapter 2, for your thoughts there. 2107. Well, that was the first hour then, the takeover, as was done so beautifully by Mama Phoebe Portrita Kubule, socialist or social and political activist, former ambassador to Poland, academic and former member of the ANC's NEC, together with Ms. Sarah Mukwebo, founder of the book Stockfell, as well as Ms. Nazima Mohammed, who is the executive director of Inyatelo, who was tuning in from Mozambique earlier this evening. Now that it's the new hour, you know what that means on a Tuesday. Hashtag the African narrative, a conversation further and deeper into the issues at Bybridge Border Post. Here's a clip earlier this day that was a conversation between Aldrin Simpier and Minister Aaron Motswaledi of the Home Affairs Department. Take a listen. It's packed. It looks like people want to escape Zimbabwe uh, mm-hmm. before the total lockdown. They really want to leave. It's packed. I'm sure you might have seen some social media clips. A large number of people as if they are attending a rally. And they, they all want to come into South Africa. That's the situation. So what we are doing now, the army, which has been sent around all the areas where people uh, uh, come in illegally, uh, they've sent some of them to the border post. They are dividing them into three queues. You know, one queue is for those who have got valid COVID-19 certificate. The other is for those who don't have any because we want to deal with them separately. Those who have got valid uh, 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 COVID-19 certificates and they are negative and they've got documents to un- enter South Africa as in the form of pa- valid passport then they'll be allowed in, because that, that's what the law says. But those who cannot produce, I'm afraid, will turn them back. We will continue parts of that conversation with Mr. David Letswalo, who's a Sankarist, an activist, as well as an academic at law, after the break. on SAFM. A Sankarist, an activist, and an academic at law. Good evening, David Letswalo. Ah, evening, Sengiz. How are you? I'm well, brother. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Excellent. You well, healthy, and happy? Thankfully so. Let's and, appreciate uh, that. I am indeed. I am indeed. 
Thank you. Thank What's you. happening at the Bite Bridge border between ourselves and Zimbabwe? You know, when I look at um, the situation there, all I can do is just to, you know, in exasperation, say we are still at it. We are on the aftertaste of a colonial arrangement. And I think that that problem will not be solved now. And I don't think it's a COVID-induced problem. I think it's it's a long-standing problem. And that uh, there has never been a forward kind of planning. Uh, So I really feel that uh, COVID-19 has sort of unmasked and undressed uh, regional leaders. By regional leaders, I mean in the the SEDEC region and also in the African continent. Mm And I think it's an embarrassment and a shame on an African leadership, uh, you know, continentally. So I, it, it, it pains me to see black people who are at the, you know, bearing the brunt of this whole saga. And I haven't seen people of other races actually going through this kind of uh, crisis. But my view is that uh, this problem may not be solved easily by a one-national state. It cannot be a, a one-sided kind of affair. It needs a, a regional sort of approach, which is multi-pronged and also bringing in the neighboring countries to the table. It cannot be the responsibility of one national state uh, alone. But given the, the situation we've had, you know, of the migrant labor system, I don't know why we haven't changed the tag to say that it can't be that it's all people from you know, neighboring countries are floating to South Africa because of the migrant labor system, which was effected by the colonial powers, carried through to apartheid, and now inherited by our system. And I think now the African leaders should be doing something about you know, changing the direction that it cannot only be people going to one country as as such. So we have to rethink our development, economic development strategy, and also recognize that these borders are not actually pragmatically recognized by the inhabitants or the citizens of Beatrice so to Swaziland and all that, because for them they were just uh, imposed. And I think now we pragmatically see. What the uh, what the problem of these borders has you know has always been, and to the leaders to Pan Africanism is not something that is in your head, and I think this challenge of COVID in the borders now, it's it's actually revealing how we deal with issues of coming together as uh, Africans in spirit and also in terms of the law. So we have to rethink what we mean when we always shout slogans such as Pan Africanism, I'm a Pan Africanist, and so on and so on. I'm an African, you know, so we have to look at ways in which really our people uh, are taken care of as a people, as Africans as such. For this thing, uh, as long as we have this uh, so-called uh, national state, we're going to have this uh, this problem. I think there needs to be a radical shift in terms of how we, we deal with this so-called uh, territorial you know, arrangements that we, we have inherited and we've done nothing at all mm, mm. To, change, to change it. You know, and I think this is very, very uh, important. And I, I saw, again, another point that I wanted to indicate is that 
you know, it's also a shame that in the 21st century we have got this this kind of uh, arrangement because what COVID does, it needs a multi-pronged and a multifaceted approach, which is multi-sectoral. I, so I, I heard the tweet by the Minister of Affairs, and I, I feel I sympathize highly with him because it's not necessarily a, a you know a a home affairs kind of uh, problem alone. It touches other areas, including uh, you know technology, including health, uh, security. Let's touch on all those issues. Economy. Let me interrupt you. Yeah. Let's touch on all of those issues, but in a sort of more systemic way. Yes. First things first, we are in a pandemic. We're dealing with COVID-19 and irrespective of every and anything else that matters, that has to be addressed from a historical perspective, from a futuristic perspective, the reality right now is we are dealing with a pandemic and this pandemic is especially going to spread with the kinds of scenes that are now at play at the Bight Bridge. Now, earlier on, the minister did say there are two categories, one for those who have got open, close quote, clearances from COVID-19 certificates and they can come through and they don't pose a health risk. But from those images, does that certificate even hold any particular weight? Because right there, those people are queuing in to go and watch a soccer match. There's absolutely no order there. And what value would that certificate have once one is gone through? given the dangers that they are clearly at. No physical distancing or social distancing, hardly any masks. Who knows what is going on there that remains unseen? You know, Songhez, I think that's what I actually said, that when I, when I said I, I really think that is the minister. So the, the idea of understanding how, you know, itself and how it is transmitted it's actually exposed there because uh, you have, you might be in the certificate, but the time in South Africa you already uh, you know. Let me interrupt okay. you, Dave. Dave, sorry, your line is breaking for a moment. There, let me just um, get you back to the producers to sort those two issues out. It is twenty one sixteen, and I'm thinking we might possibly just take the twenty past short ad break. We are in conversation with David Letswalo, Sankarist, activist, academic at law. This is the African narrative, engaging questions around what is happening at the Bight Border Bridge. So far, these are the things that I believe he has highlighted that merit further examination: the migrant labour system. The relations between South Africa and Zimbabwe, particularly because those are the two countries that operate the Bight Border Bridge, but more specifically the relations within SADC and greater within the AU, because some of what we are seeing there are systemic political challenges that are manifesting in the mass movement of people as those images would have shown us. And not just those images. We know this is exactly what happens. Not just at the Bight Bridge, Komati Port, same thing, South Africa, um, Mozambique, not so much perhaps between ourselves and Botswana and ourselves and Vintuk, um being Nam- ourselves and Namibia, sorry, not Vintuk. But of course, this is the same challenge as well around the crossings between South Africa and Lesotho. The question then has to be, how does South Africa, because it is clearly the magnet, if you like, to some of the Southern African countries, manage the free movement of persons alongside some of the imperatives that are either political, social, or economic in kind? How does South Africa deal with its borders? How does it deal with the movement of people? And how does it deal in that in these very difficult COVID-19 times? After the ad break, David continues, hopefully with your thoughts. 11 
We are back. David is also back. The time is 21.19. We have just shy on 13 minutes left of this conversation. So please do participate. South Africa, Zimbabwe, ANC, ZANU-PF. A relationship that has been, for the most part, too convenient, too comfortable for those who really should have been speaking truth to each other and holding each other accountable, lest we see the kinds of images we are talking about, but more specifically the kinds of political problems that are causing the deluge of Zimbabweans coming to South Africa for the reasons they are coming to South Africa. That is something that seriously needs greater intervention, not just from the two respective countries, but from the African Union. What are your thoughts on that? That's my view. David? Senator, I think you're, 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 you're right. I mean, this whole thing that uh, South Africa will be able to solve this, uh, this thing, you know, singularly, uh, it, 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 won't, it, won't, it won't work. So it, uh, and, and I think we must stop uh, thinking that we can actually address all problems alone. And I think such issues uh, should be regional or continental problems. And the best thing that we can do is to actually insist on such challenges of the push and pull factors that you know mm. that make this whole thing of movement to 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 the country to be addressed from a a, a, a regional and continental point of view. So you talked you talked about the relationship between the the two uh, parties, you know, which are quite historical. But I think we need to actually address the problem that it's not really about the parties; it's about the people. It's about African people that uh, we need to take care of. And where there is a need to call each other out, we should, and where there's a need, and there should be, to engage to solve the problems economically, uh, which is very, very important. Uh, I think that that needs to be attended to. But I think also that uh, if you don't take care of economic development, then you are also risking the fact that uh, peace and security will be will be flouted because mm. where there is no peace there is no development and where there's no development there can never be peace and i think these issues need to be taken at that level and i think you're quite spot on the uh, david Letzwalu, who's a sankarist activist and academic at law engaging us on some of the challenges between the border between south africa and zimbabwe the bite bridge and let's perhaps not limit the conversation to just the bite bridge border crossing but just generally how south africa engages its neighbors in relation to the free movement of persons a lot of the time coming here for political reasons but there are always genuine reasons for instance the migrant labor system and economic activity being the draw card for them to come to south africa we are taking your calls johannesburg 714 2006. The African narrative is on. Aness in Cape Town is online. Good evening, Aness. Good evening, Songhez. How are you? Well, sir, how do you do? I'm fine. Indeed. I just want to contribute about the issue of Zimbabwe and South Africa, especially the Baby Beach Border Post. Mm. I think that issue was an issue which was delayed, which was supposed to be dealt with a long time ago. Mm. Because I still remember back then, before the 2010 World Cup, when we in Zimbabwe, we were needed a visa by that time to cross to come to South Africa. But I still remember the people that the people were still coming by that time from Zimbabwe coming to South Africa. Where are those people? Most of them, because 
The visa was not that easy to have a visa once in Zimbabwe. But the people were still coming from Zimbabwe, coming to South Africa at that time. Thank so, you. Hello? No, 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 thanks, Anes. We're going to move on. Let's go to Gio or Gio at Oartambo District in the Eastern Cape. Good evening, Gio. Good evening, Songhez, and compliments for the year. Brother, you too, uh, indeed. Thank you. Yes, brother. Uh, on a lighter note, it is very paramount that at this DNA time, we should have by now uh, have a free movement as after as uh, the, the trade um, agreement has been also endorsed. Uh, and this year, it should have been already been in place in terms of ICT, a household. South Africa, the reason for those people of our, of our brothers in other uh, countries in, South, in the Sadek region in particular uh, are magnified uh, and uh, uh, attracted to South Africa are, are very basic things. Why then we omit them in terms of putting them on the system and say we profile the whole South Africa. We put anything that they, they tend to look for because we, by now we knew why are they want to be in South Africa. For instance, in Zimbabwe, there is no much of civil wars now. So they are coming in South Africa to get something like uh, employment opportunities, create their own businesses. Uh, it, it should now talk to systems whereby when they leave Zimbabwe, by the time they are leaving Zimbabwe or they're leaving Namibia or Botswana, that person has already been given an approval in his own country to say you are going into a certain part of South Africa for this particular purpose. And ICT bridges that gap between our songs because in Lesotho, Lesotho is giving us in water highland, Lesotho highland water system. Mm-hmm. We're getting electricity there. We should then, because we have relations with this country, we shouldn't be now migrating from not using technology. If someone wants to come in South Africa, Zolusi in Como then let it be. Let's profile everything we have in South Africa and put it on the an ICT so that those people can get those opportunities in their country. By the time they come to South Africa, we know why they are here. And we won't have the, uh, the, those long queues you see. The, the pandemic, by the time it came, actually the pandemic is a blessing in disguise, Song, as if I will say. Mm-hmm. Because the, those geopolitics have been there for quite some time. It, it's different when people are running away from a civil war. None of the countries we're talking about now are in civil wars. Hmm. Interesting thoughts. Let's move on. Let's move on. We've got one more caller. Um, Let's go to Quentin in Bulgwane, please. Come, Quentin. Hello. Indeed. How are you, Senator? Well, sir, how do you do? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Mm, I just want to get in and put my view with regard to the situation at the Bed Bridge. I think the only challenge we have as South Africans, we still believe we owe a lot to Zimbabwe through what happened when we were still having a passage in South Africa. So it makes it difficult for the ANC to be strict with our rules. That is why always when we have people to go and talk to the ZANU-PF leadership, it's difficult for them to tell them what is wrong. I think it's time now when we realize that we know that Zimbabwe assisted us, but we must put the facts into reality. We must make sure that we engage the Zimbabwe authorities to check how are the people getting in. For example, I don't understand if our Minister of Health of Home Affairs says the people from Zimbabwe that are coming in with fraudless letters. How come on the other side they can't check before they get in? 
we must assist each other so that when they come here, the Zimbabwe authorities, they should stop people without the passport to get into South Africa. It must not be that South Africa must always be the one that are saying the Zimbabweans must go back. The Zimbabweans should stop the people who are not having the right documents not to enter. We want them to enter South Africa and then they come and assist us. Even Lesotho is the same issue. We understand. Let's say, for example, South Africans, they don't like working in the mines. It's my opinion. I'm not saying mm-hmm. all of sure. them. That is why we still have a lot of migrating labor from Mozambique, Lesotho, and Zimbabwe because our people who are in South Africa, they are scared of going underground and working. But what must be done is that the Zimbabwe authorities, they must put some input into the issues that are happening currently. Don't leave it to South Africa say they'll see it on their side. All right. Let's if move somebody on. is doing something wrong, the Zimbabwe must be able to arrest them on their side. Thank you. Very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you indeed, Quinton in Bulugwana. Some two very disparate views, particularly coming in from the last oh. two callers. Your thoughts. Wrap it up for us, David Etzola, because clearly South Africans have opinions on this, and it's not true that they will always be consistent with each other. Well, I think in order to sum it up, uh, I think the, the the important thing is to realize that uh, COVID-19 has actually, uh, you know, become a, a wake-up call to regional leadership. And I agree with the the, the, the callers, I mean, the, the last two callers, the one from Eastern Cape and uh, Lukwan, uh, on what they're saying. And all they're actually indicating is that uh, it can't be a, a problem or a challenge for one a national state. It needs, uh, you know, some sort of engagement at the uh, regional and uh, continental level. And I think that is very, very important. However, I need to indicate the issue of accountability, that when these people leave, uh, let's say, Zimbabwe or Lesotho, I mean, a responsible government would, you know, take account of where, where their citizens are going. Are they okay, you know? But this whole thing that everything will be left to one country will create, you know, further problems, uh, you know, which might uh, amount to the resentment from the, the citizens in South Africa and so on and so on, and raising issues of xenophobia and the like. But again, this has come at the time of the Africa Free Trade, uh, you know, area agreement. And I think it, it also sends a message to say, if you're talking about this, this thing, you know, this grand idea of Africa free trade, uh, you know, zone, then it means you have to check other elements that would come with it, the health issues, the security issues, and all those integrating issues that come with something like that, because it's going to be a challenge. So if we're failing now to deal with the issue of the bad bridge border, uh, border post, this, this raises concerns about whether uh, the, the new dispensation Will, 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 will be uh, attended to. And the Bible border, border post it itself is not about South Africa and Zimbabwe. It includes other countries as well because it's like a gateway, if you like. Malawi, Zambia, and so on and so on use that kind of that, that border, border post as such. But also another issue is the challenge for all ports of entry, not only you know, at the land level, but even you know, the airports and so on and so on, that we need to start mm. looking at the challenges that these things uh, uh, bring with them. And COVID-19 uh, has sent us a very, very stern uh, message to say, hey, uh, wake up. Uh, you know, things can go bad at any time. It sure uh, has. That's my view. It sure has.
No, we're going to leave it there. Uh, they've given us a lot of food for thought, have our listeners, and we certainly do appreciate them for being as thoroughly engaging as they have, frank in their assessments and always respectful in terms of how they put their very passionate views. Thanks to everybody involved. 2131, that's the end of the show. Unfortunately, we have to cut it there. That was the viewpoint on this, the second edition in the second day, David Letzwalo being the last guest on The African Narrative. Good night, everybody. Thank you for your time.